Are you a kiddo who dreams? Kinky dreams? Dreams of wearing pants like the ones you grew up with? Well, golly gee, dream no more. Kinky Dreams specializes in printing cute vintage designs of diaper prints, superheroes, and cartoon characters on adult diapers. These handcrafted pants will leave you feeling your full baby fantasy. If you want to get your grabby hands on one of these one-of-a-kind diapers, make sure to use promo code PLAYTIME for 10% off all Kinky Dreams products. Kinky Dreams, making your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsy's Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet myself. We had some very big news in the ABDL community, or actually in the age player community at large. Uh, Late Wednesday night, TeddyCon, the big event that happens on the East Coast, they announced that they are postponing their event. It was supposed to happen at the beginning of November, and late Wednesday night, they announced that they were postponing the event. They said in a statement that this was always a possibility, and that it was out of their control, and it may have been caused by staffing issues, COVID-related issues, um, but this definitely brought a lot of people by surprise, because, um, you know, just a couple days ago, they, they released the schedule for all the events that was going to happen within TeddyCon. So, and then of course, to me, it was a surprise because I actually sat down with them uh, over the weekend and talked about, you know, their COVID policy, because that, that was something that, you know, a lot of people had a lot of opinions on the COVID policy that they were going to have. And so I wanted to talk to them about their COVID policy. And so we, we met Sunday night and we were talking and, you know, as we were talking, there wasn't a moment where you know they brought up like oh well you know maybe if it happens like they were they were using all the words that were like you know no it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you know at the beginning of November which makes me think that this truly is I know that there's a lot of talk on Twitter right now about like oh you know they pulled the rug underneath of us I don't I honestly don't think so because when we were having this conversation on Sunday everything was pointing in the direction of in their minds this event was going to happen. Um, And actually, during our conversation, they talked about how, you know, a lot of people think that they just book a hotel, set it up, and there you go. They, They say they actually, you know, plan it a year in advance. The planning starts immediately after the last one. So, you know, they've been planning this event for at least a year, and... He actually had a new host hotel. I've never been, so I don't actually know where the hotel is, and I never bought a ticket, so I don't know which hotel that they did choose. But they said that they they couldn't use the hotel they usually use, so they had to use this new hotel, um, and that the new hotel was very excited to have them. So who knows? You know, them postponing this event could be a myriad of factors you know it could be staffing it could be the host hotel it could be a lot of things we don't know and from what i've gathered through the their twitter posts through through different posts in the social chats um i don't think the organizers fully have a idea of what happened you know they kept 
in all of the posts that I've been reading is that they're still gathering information, that they feel gutted, that they feel broken, that they're gathering details, that they don't want to release, you know, piecemeal information because they think that would do an injustice to a lot of people. Um, an interesting point that I did find is, you know, they use the word postponed, not canceled, which makes a lot of people think, you know, okay, maybe it'll happen a month from now, two months from now. Uh, and someone asked that in one of the chat rooms, and one of the organizers did say, like, I don't think it's going to be in the next two to three months. So we're waiting on we're waiting for answers on what happened. We're waiting on answers for when when TeddyCon will happen. Um, the only real concrete information we've been given is that, one, if you did buy a ticket, you have to call the hotel and cancel your reservation. Uh, there's no cancellation fees for the host hotel and overflow hotel. Um, if you bought a, if you reserved a hotel room in a hotel that wasn't the host or the overflow room, I guess that's up to you to figure out what are the ramifications. Uh, a lot of people have brought up questions of, you know, I get, and we brought this up in the interview, how the host hotel actually sells out very quickly. So a lot of people are asking the question of, will our reservation at the host hotel be honored when the new event is announced? Uh, I think that's an important question, hopefully, that the organizers will will come out and say. And then I think the biggest thing that people are people are angry about well it's one of two things i think the biggest one at least for me if i was in the situation is if i bought a plane ticket that's non-refundable what do i do and you know i did a quick google search i don't i don't see a whole lot of things you could do if you found a workaround i think you should be posting it right about now so that other people could figure it out i don't see i don't see a workaround but this goes again to this whole how the pandemic is changing everything about how we live life. I mean, you know, I've seen news reports where, you know, traveler's insurance has now become the norm, even though if you're like me, I don't want to spend any extra money that I already don't have to. So I've seen news reports where traveler's insurance is now almost becoming the norm because we are having, you know, these fluctuations in cases and, and events are being canceled. And so traveler's insurance is just that extra protection. Um, and I think a lot of people are angry because this was just so sudden. A lot of people are angry. A lot of people are sad. Um, but I guess, and they are justified to be angry and sad, right? Like this is an event that you get to go and be your true authentic self. And it's, and it's being postponed. And a lot of people have taken time off of work for this event. A lot of people have been messaging, you know, virtual friends, you know, friends they've met online and they're finally going to meet them. And, you know, they're angry and they're sad and they're justified to be angry and sad. But I think we also have to remember that the organizers that put this on are also angry and sad because this isn't their full-time job. You know, they do this as a passion project for all of you. Um, and from what I've read, they're equally angry and sad. And they're trying to wrap their heads around all of this. And I think one thing that we that we should remember is that, you know, they do this out of the goodness of their heart, you know, to put on this event. And so if we 
if we mob mentality them, or, you know, if we go after them with, you know, these hateful words, you know, maybe they don't want to do it anymore. You know, when we were talking in our interview over the weekend, I asked the question, you know, would it ever come to the West Coast? And they said, you know, it's really taxing to even put it on where it is. So the idea of taking it to the West Coast is probably not in the cards. So, you know, you, t you take this huge event that already, you know, they're doing it out of the goodness of their own will. You know, it's just, it's too big. And so I just fear that if we keep going after them with this hateful speech, with, with these accusations, what happens if Teddy Khan doesn't happen? You know, I think it, I think it's moments like these that we truly need to stand behind each other in this community and say, okay, this was COVID related and we need to stand behind them. And I'm sure that they are gathering all the answers and I bet we will, we will all be patiently waiting to see what the answers are. But I think the main point that I want to get across is that your anger and frustration is valid. Their anger anger and frustration is valid and it's moments like these that we need to stand behind each other because COVID is changing a lot of things and we don't know what's going to happen next so what happens if Teddy Khan was too big for you you know maybe a lot, you know, hundreds of people wearing diapers is just sensory overload and parties are too clicky. Well, there are these events called munches. I personally have never been to a munch, so I wanted to get some inside scoop on what is a munch, what do you do when you go to a munch, and how do you figure out where your local munch is? And so when I was on Twitter, I kept seeing posts about the Toronto Little Munch. And I'm not even near Toronto, but I kept seeing all these tweets about the Toronto Little Munch. And so I contacted the organizers, Cookie and Good Cub, and I wanted to ask them, you know, how should you approach a munch? And of course, the big question, what is a munch? Don't be, you know, shy or don't be scared. Like just kind of come in and just be authentic and just be yourself. And that generally works. You know, I uh, kind of struggled with munches in the beginning because, you know, I didn't really know, you know, who to trust or kind of like how much of myself to kind of open up with. And I think that as you go and you kind of feel it out, you realize that it's just like a friendly bunch of people and you're just going to like share some food, share a drink and kind of, you know, learn more about each other. So I would just go into it with like a guard dropped and just know that it is just going to be really good company and just everyone's there to, you know, learn and love each other and kind of expand on this community. And, you know, that kind of starts with those initial meetings and just feeling each other out and having a good time. So. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to describe it. Um, the, the, the really what the munch is, is it, it's, it's actually a very simple concept and it, it, it exists across kink communities. And it's the idea of just let's sit down in a vanilla setting and have a meal with people who have common interests. That's really all it is at its core. Um, a munch to me is also a gateway into meeting the kink community um, because, because of, I mean, especially amongst age play, um, participation in kink requires a great deal of vulnerability and trust. So in my opinion, 
one of the best ways to do that is just to get to know people who are like you in the area, because that's the gateway to more things. What about, so I know for me, munches or what they've been described to me is they're like age player events and stuff. And I've noticed that there's some ABDLs that are just deals are can just people that are interested in diapers or people just interested in age play go is there any rules not to go actually i get asked this one a lot um it, it often happens with littles uh who have let's say a daddy or a mommy or a caregiver type person they're like can they come too i'm like of course they can come everyone is welcome i think the idea is like there's actually such wide variance in our community. Like there are no hard and fast rules about who should or should not come. As long as you have enough common interest and you want to sit down and have a good time with, with good friends, that's really the only requirement. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to remember that, you know, um, there is so many different people that are kind of like, like ABD encompasses so many different things. There's the puppy community leather you know all these different things like so it's just like i think one thing that we really try to make sure is that everyone just feels comfortable and they just kind of come as they are and as long as everyone is just willing to share interests and be respectful and kind of just keep that space safe and keep that space open for whoever comes in yeah it's pretty much any anything anything goes in terms of the people that come i mean obviously there's rules it's like like anywhere else but like generally it's just everyone's open to come and just experience different people and you know share stories and all that fun stuff actually uh i really like that you brought up safe space because uh, i think that's a really really important aspect of what we do um safe space and creating it is is central to what munches do and, and what any kink community event should ascribe to which is to make sure that it is the right space where people can truly be themselves and to make sure that people who uh, are not going to keep that safe space safe uh, don't attend and that uh, we make sure that it's safe for everybody uh, across a spectrum of people within our community to come and that they feel safe at. So where do these munches usually happen? So I've heard they, ha they happen in a variety of places, sometimes parks, sometimes, you know, people's houses. Where, where does the Toronto's Littles Clubhouse, where does that munch happen? Uh, so our, ours happens at a bar downtown. Um, it's, it is a bit hard. It, sometimes it can be hard to find a, a right venue uh, because we want to strike a balance between it being somewhere open and public, but somewhere that we can also, uh, you know, make sure that if people shouldn't be attending, that they don't attend, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, the, a very important part to me is that it be open so that people who don't know anyone in the community or don't um, have never met anyone prior to that day still can come and feel comfortable. So, uh, you know, in ours, it's a, it's a bar. The, the particular bar is actually in a basement and we get a big long table that seats about 30 people and we can sit down uh, and uh, share a meal together. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also important to note because, um, you know, we did meet um, in San Francisco at Folsom. And I, I think one thing that um, I think for in terms of people that are used to like 
that scene is it's like it's usually a lot of house parties and a lot of house parties and it's like these parties where people just come and like there's like like 50 plus people I think the munch is kind of like a good starting point for people that are not ready for that you know there is definitely the Toronto scene there is like some of these small little events and gatherings that happen sporadically but I think one thing I've noticed about um parties that I went to in like LA and San Francisco is it's not a lot of the munches and I think that's like we're not like um as familiar with it because people are familiar more with parties um I think the munches are a good starting point if you're like not don't want to go to a big rager just yet like they are fun but it's like it's good to be able to go into a place where you know discretion is being maintained you know that like safe space is being maintained you also know that like whatever you're kind of coming to the table with in terms of like identity you know because another thing too is it's not just um one thing I also notice, notice about the parties in the states too is like sometimes it could be just gay males and like that's fine we need a space too that's cute but it also you know I need to see the trans representation I need to see non-binary I need to see people that are coming from all different places so that's I think another thing that the munch offers is that it's, it's just like it's less of a party and it's more just kind of like sitting down and really kind of doing that initial meeting so you can kind of figure out what type of events you want to go to after the fact. So I just wanted to make that distinction for people that might only know about parties. It's like the parties and the munches are kind of, they're very different. The munch is more kind of like the first initial meeting, kind of getting your feet wet with the community. And then obviously parties and events are a little bit different. So just wanted to make that yeah. distinction. Uh, and, and actually a part of that too is uh, something that's very important to me in hosting the munch is that it's a place where you can come without preconditions. So what that means to me is that you don't have to know the right people. You don't have to be in a clique or a group that you can come as you are, um, subject to certain like safety considerations, obviously. Like we do have to know people and stuff before we just tell them where everything is. But um, you don't, uh, you know, parties can sometimes be very exclusive, especially. And, and that's desirable in a party space, but the munch I view is a common community space where we want to make sure that we keep things as open as possible. Right, a common ground, and I, and I liked what you said, uh, Good Cub. That it's it's a if 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 um if a club or a party isn't your thing, this is a very good ground jumping off point to, to get acclimated to the community and stuff. So what happens at these munches? Let's say you know I've built up the courage to go. I'm ready to go. I have my outfit. What what can I expect when I go to a munch? Um, I, I mean, if you think about it, if you've ever just been to like, you ever gone to like a bar with like a big party, like a group of people, like that's essentially what it is. The difference is you may not know everyone who's there, but that's an exciting opportunity to strike up conversation and to meet some people who the cool thing is instead of texting them, you know, on the internet, that they're in your area, that they've come to the same place. And odds are you're going to find someone who you have something in common with. So what yeah, happened? I think it just offers that human aspect. And I, cause I, oh, sorry. I think it, I, what I was going to say, I think it just offers that human aspect of just like actually interacting because the thing about the world is that, you know, you love people's content, you love some of the stuff they're putting out, but like, when you get just so wrapped up in the internet and this is kind of what i find especially even in the pandemic because it's just kind of like when you finally when i finally had the opportunity to get out of that it was like oh wow people and you know this community is actually alive and we're here and we're we're sharing space and i think that that's like something that you know people who maybe just have community on the internet often forget is that these are real people in real situations with real jobs that probably have a lot more in common 
with you than you think. So I think that that's another important thing too, is you go into it knowing that you could kind of break um, that anonymity that we've been told we have to have on the internet because of this or that discretion for one minute and just kind of be like, okay, this is like not scary. It's real people. We're going to talk. It's going to be fun. And I, I think that's a really good thing to go into it knowing is that you could kind of sort of drop your guard, you know, and just kind of be open. I, I like that too. Meeting, meeting people in person, how novel in this day and age. <laughs> right. Well, that's half the thing, right? Like this, like discovering this kink for a lot of people is online first, right? It, it's, yeah, it's much so. it was the, it's the Tumblr days of, you know, seeing different profiles. Then it grew into the Twitter days where you like, you were able to like see more of it. And it's, it's the going on FetLife and being like, who's around me? Like, who can I meet that's close by? Um, what, so because our interactions are online first and you know a lot of us are shy about meeting people for the first time how do you strike up a conversation what would you tell someone that's you know really shy you know they've only ever spoken to someone online how do you strike up that conversation right like i'm at the bunch i'm at the bar i see someone that i've admired from a distance online how do i strike up that conversation so I, I actually have a funny story about this. So Go for I it. want to talk about my first munch in this context. And this is usually what I, I tell people about as well. When they're like, oh my God, like there's so many people here. What do I do? Okay. My first munch, I didn't go to. I knew where it was. I was going to get on the bus and I was going to go there. And then I was like, oh my God, no, this is too much. I can't, I can't do this. No, I'm out. <laughs> um and so I actually sent a, a, a message to the person who hosted the bunch at the time, whose name is uh, Dumpling uh, online. A shout out to Dumpling, by the way, salt of the earth person who I love very much. Anyway, Dumpling said, you know, to me, it's like, look, man, don't be nervous. This happens to everybody. It's okay. Why don't we just go out for ice cream? And, and he just, he invited me over uh you know and, and we just chilled and it was just me him and and he invited another friend along after he realized i was comfortable and chill so it was that experience that made me realize that like uh this you can always meet this on your own terms uh and so that's what i that's what i tell people when they're nervous like look i too was nervous i will tell you you have every right to be nervous there's a lot there's a lot going on here, but that um, once you sit down with someone for five minutes and you realize they're not an ax murderer, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Thank God. Right. I mean, I haven't been ax murdered yet. Uh, it's been about 10 years and uh, I'm still here. So apparently there aren't that many serial killers. What about, you, what about you, Good Cub? What was your first Munch experience? Um, well, it kind of, my trajectory has kind of been interesting with the munch because I think at first I definitely went, um, and I always, I always make the joke that when I first started going, I was almost like, you know, like when you go on Grindr and it's like a blank profile, like the blank square, like I was very much giving like blank, blank profile energy. Like it was very much like no one can know too much, but just enough. And like, I would say it just enough, but not too much. And I kind of really like centered myself in the ways in which I approached interacting. Cause I was kind of like, 
oh, what if I get outed or like this thing or that thing? And I think the beauty about this community is that like they let you go at your own pace. Like even when people come in with that type of energy, it's like, you know, okay, well, you know, maybe they're introverted or maybe like, you know, there's they haven't really kind of got acclimated to the idea of being in this space with people like they haven't normalized it to themselves that this is actually an okay interaction that's happening. And I think what I've learned, what I learned the first couple months is that it's like, okay, like you're freaking out, that's fine, chill, but also just really think about this moment right now. Like, do you think you're the first person that's ever come to a munch and been scared? It's like, no, these people are, have all been where you, you are right now and they're here to help you in whatever way makes sense. You know, I think that um, what I kind of learned over the last 10 years, and especially now in this new position, being with um, Toronto Lowe's Clubhouse is that this community has always been there for me. I just had to be ready to receive it. And, you know, I think that it does take time when you're shy and when you're figuring things out and also me being a person of color, you know, kind of trying to figure out where I kind of fit and what's already going on. And luckily with, you know, the munch and a lot of the Toronto scene is like, it is, you know, it is building itself up to be more diverse. It's building itself up to be um, more inclusive, even more so than it already has been. And I think that, you know, as you kind of see more of those things, you see yourself more in the community, it's going to allow for that openness to happen, but it's not going to happen right away. You know, I've been on diaper boys and any of these sites and I've talked to Toronto guys where they're like, I'll never come to a lunch. You know, I'm scared. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, like, you know, check in with yourself, check in with like your mental health, just check in with where you're at about this type of openness and like kind of taking that leap but when you're ready to take the leap like everything's going to be there for you you're going to find that friend that you maybe didn't think you would have found you're going to make that connection that you maybe didn't think you would have made and like it's all going to be really powerful because it's going to be on your own terms it's going to be when you're ready to do it and i think that you know one thing i'll say about my first month to now is that i did everything on my own terms and even though at first i was a little sketchy i won't even lie <laughs> just really like under the radar, like not really trying to like be too uh, open. Good, good I, I recall, I recall talking to you and barely getting two sentences out of you at some points, like for the entire evening. I remember that very, very clearly. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just, it's, it, it's interesting to see that change. I think, uh, you know, now, now that I've gotten to know you obviously a lot better um, through just us, us hanging out and, and spending time together at, at these events and, and elsewhere. Uh, and yeah, I, I think yeah. it's, you know, everything you're saying is, is a hundred percent right on that. You, you did it on your own terms and uh, that you, you became a, a very uh, important member of our community, I would say. Uh, but it started from that first bit, didn't it? Yeah, 100%. And you just have to kind of build from there. You know, everything kind of happens after that. Once you kind of really get your feet wet and figure out, like, if it's safe, it feels good. Like, it's really about checking with yourself. That's kind of how I'll, you know, kind of wrap this question up. Because it's about checking with yourself and making sure you're you're in that good spot. Because that's when you'll know kind of where, where you could go and who you could be in this community. It's all about just checking in and just kind of going from there, feeling it up. It's got to feel good. Mm -hmm. and, and something I, I maybe want to chat about for just a second, if I can, if I can steal, I can steal away, is, steal. Go um, ahead. <laughs> is that um, it, it's what community leadership does in this equation, because I, I think that's an important element to touch on is like the building of that, that space where people can be themselves on their own terms and things like that. It is the work that that we do. So. Uh, myself, Cookie, Good Cub. Uh, we also have a third uh, member of our leadership team, uh, Ladley Lad, also known as Pop Wendell, 
Um, you know, the, the work for us is, is making sure that we build a space that is, you know, worthy <laughs> of, of our community um, and, and worthy of their trust, I think is a big thing. Um, we, we want to make sure that we create a space that is diverse, that respects a lot of different people's perspectives uh, and where, again, people can come in and feel uh, safe being their authentic selves. Because, um, you know, um, certainly when I started coming, uh, the munch was very much, you know, white, cisgender, gay men. And that was kind of it. Those were the only people who attended. And, you know, at the point that I started uh, hosting the munch after, after Dumpling passed it over to me and, and to Ladley Lad, and then eventually we added uh, Good Cub as well to the equation, was that, you know, we realized that that was a problem. It's not, it's not a problem to, you know, that, that people enjoy attending, but it is a problem that only one type of person enjoys attending. Right, representation that, matters. Well, and maybe maybe not just representation matters, but that the fact, the, the mere fact that, for instance, the, the big thing what that I was getting in our community is that women didn't feel safe attending, right? So it's, it's the fact that they weren't there meant that they didn't feel safe. And that was an issue um, that we, we had to address. And I mean, for me, I, I just started by asking, you know, people, uh, people who either did or didn't attend, you know, why do you feel that way? Um, and, and it like took steps. Like one of the big things was forcing rules. Uh, we, we have a rule that you're not allowed to solicit people, you know, pick people up, ask them for sex, things like that. Uh, not because that, that is a bad thing, but because people don't go to this event to be harassed, basically. And what I realized is that, you know, it was important that we be very vocal and be seen enforcing these rules that are designed to keep, you know, people safe. Uh, and over time, more women did feel safe attending because the thing is one person started coming and they felt safe. And then they told their friends and then they told their friends. And then, you know, gradually over time, again, more women were able to attend simply because we listened. That's the bottom line for me. So that's that's the work that's done by you know good community organizers to make sure um, that their event is is again worthy uh, of the trust of their community. Right, I love that because I know for for at least the San Francisco one, you know, I was always just picturing just a whole bunch of gay men. But when I was when I did when I did hear about them, I did hear that you know there was different representation. You know, women, men everyone in between that there was that representation and I didn't know that. Talk to me about, so we've covered what you should say when you get there, but what do you wear? Because let's say if I'm just a DL and I'm thinking, you know, this is, this is in a bar, it's in a public space. I don't want to be outed. That's a big thing for a lot of people is they don't want to be outed. Do people show up in onesies and a whole bunch of age player gear or or is it mostly just kind of like come in come in jeans diaper if you want to you don't have to what do you wear what what do i wear so <laughs> so we do have rules we, we do have rules about this mm -hmm. oh sorry uh i just realized I'm, I'm stepping on it uh good cup why don't you take it away oh no yes yeah, so all i was going to say is that a very basic rule is um no obvious diapers. So because this is like, you know, kind of like a, a touchy one for some people, I'll kind of explain like kind of what that means. So 
the munches maybe not the day to wear like three diapers over like a skinny jeans and think that that's going to be acceptable because it's like you know as much as that's fun and that's cute and it's a moment like whatever we've all done it it's like in a public setting like that it's not conducive to you know a space where we could be discreet and like you know because that's the thing as like we want people to come as they are and you know um obviously you know little expression is very um subjective but there needs to be a um a line in which you know you're coming as you are so you know and that could be like you know maybe like like a, a childish shirt or like a childish hat or like you know like or maybe some type of short all that's like some somewhat discreet but i think once it becomes a situation where it's like oh this is very obviously like kink wear or like ab related you know so i think we try to tell people to kind of figure out where the line is and you know i've been very um uh, we've kind of talked as a group you know because we were very mindful of the fact that we can't police people's expression when it comes to ABDL, but also being mindful of the fact that we are trying to be very intentional with the space. And in being intentional, we have to really kind of figure out, okay, what is going to make sense in terms of your expression versus the discretion and the integrity that we're trying to maintain with the group. So I think that one big thing is like thinking about your outfit when you come to um, the munch is you would kind of think like, okay, does this make me feel good? Okay, step one, great. I feel good, I feel cute, yeah. great. But then the second step is like, is everyone that is going to be in the space, would they feel like, would, would, would it be appropriate for this particular setting? Just the, do I look cute one and then would it be appropriate for this type of setting? Like going back to the example of parties versus munches, there's things that are obviously very okay for a party that are not gonna be okay for a munch that is held at a public bar with, primarily vanilla staff and like vanilla patrons. So it's kind of about knowing what that line is. And I think for most people, we kind of leave it to them because it's like, we're just kind of like most people have common sense to what that line is. And then obviously as um, community leaders and as people running this event, then we will then go, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. Mm, this might be too much. So again, it's it's subjective, but for the most part, common sense, you know? Yeah. And if I could just sort of summarize uh, what Good Cub said, the, the big thing for me is is it's, it's just about discretion while still being true to yourself so you know we we live in a large major city you can dress eccentrically you can wear a childish t-shirt you can like uh my my hat i realize you know people at home can't see it but it has nom nom and my you know online handle is cookie and i find that very funny right like like that's fine no one's saying don't be authentic to yourself but like when it comes to like, let's say fetish wear or like exposed diapers, maybe we want to keep that on the, the down low so that, you know, when we're at a vanilla bar that we don't raise too many eyebrows and draw the wrong kind of attention. That's really what the, what, uh, what should dictate what you wear. I don't want to set hard and fast rules because, you know, everyone's taste is subjective, but it is just to say, you know, dress like you would want to dress if you were going out to a bar to look cute. Right. It's context clues and it's being respectful. It's that whole, like, if you do wear out and you do need to change, pack it up and take it with you. Don't, you know, leave it in a trash can or something. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let so now that we've talked about uh, your munch, what happens if I live in an area that doesn't have a munch? Where, like, where do I start? Where do I begin? How do I start one? So uh, I am a big believer in if you build it, they will come. So the thing about munches, I have been to some in, in remote places. I've been to ones in Albany, New York. 
Uh, I've been out there and some of them have very small. I remember one of the months I attended had three people, but you know what? That's the start. That's just the start. Keep holding it and keep it being consistent. And if you don't have a munch in your area, that is a clue that there is an unmet need that you can take it upon yourself to fill. So if you're thinking, I can make a bar reservation and contact some people, you can be the change that you want to see in your community. You can start your community right where you are. Um, you know, because of the fact that we have a munch in Toronto, we now have a munch in Hamilton, which is not terribly far away. It's about half an hour down the road. Um, and they, you know, they felt the same as we did, but the munch got so big here that the other communities that are a little bit more distant were like, well, why don't we just start one closer to us? There's one in London, Ontario as well. Uh, there are munches in Kingston, Ottawa, everywhere, but they all started because somebody said first, well, why don't I start one and see what happens? Right. Yeah. No. And then, of course, you know, you could do the whole like, let's caravan to another munch, right? That's an option. Ab absolutely can. Uh, one of my favorite munches was when a whole bunch of people from the Ottawa munch, which is, uh, you know, Ottawa was a couple of hours away uh, on the road for those who are not familiar with Canada. Um, and they just loaded 30 people into like a caravan of cars and showed up at our munch. And it was like, there were like 70 people there, it was wild. Um, uh, but yes, uh, the, the, again, just to summarize everything I said, you know, what people should do if, if they don't have one in their community, start one. I, I would encourage everyone to give it a try and see what happens. If you wanted to be more involved, let's say you find a munch that's near you and you wanna be more involved, do you wanna be the catalyst for change? How do you get more involved? Or how should people be more involved? Oh, I think this is an excellent question for the good cup. Honestly, I would just say, I would just say reach out. You know, I think that, you know, going back to what I said, is it took me a while to kind of get my footing in the local community. But when I did, I really kind of started to see, okay, I could see myself here and I could see, you know, other people like me here. And I had to kind of really think about what are the changes that I wanted to see? What is the growth that I wanted to see? You know, and obviously one of the big things we've touched on is being like diversity. I'm like, okay, well, I feel as though, um, you know, that might be one thing that's missing in leadership with like the current um, organizers in the munch. And I feel like I have a, some things that I could bring to the table and I could be a really important asset. So like, maybe I should just reach out. So I reached out to Cookie and I was like, oh, we should chat like shortly as the pandemic was getting a little bit more chill, we're still in it, but it was when it was kind of like getting a little bit more, we um, we met up and um, like, he was very receptive. He was like, yeah, this makes the most sense. Like, of course you should be a part of it. Um, so I think that for people, you know, if you've even been going to like a munch or a local event and you kind of feel as though, okay, I could really bring something unique to what's already happening or I could help build on some of these conversations, you know, um, about what will make it better or make the community better, then you should just 100% reach out. I think that you'll never be met with like a no or like, oh, like your ideas don't make sense. Or like, you know, like everyone is open to anything. And especially when you have a growing community, a flourishing community, they want to continue to see that growth. And that really um, comes down to bringing different voices into um, the conversation and into like the community building. And I think that the reason it's worked out so well with Toronto Littles Clubhouse is because 
you know, Cookie, um, Pup Wendell, they wanted to see that growth. They, they've been in it so long and they know the different versions of this community that have existed and they want to see it continue to flourish. And that is, that, that is ultimately what makes coming together with organizers or with community leaders very easy is when they recognize that the community needs to grow and they are open to you coming in and helping them um, build on it and make it better. You know, I think that it's very easy to just reach out and kind of figure out how you could be a part of your local community. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think if you want to be more involved, you know, showing up and just showing that you care and that you want to see the community grow, you know, I, I always I always talk about this uh, with, with people who are like, you know, how do you how do I become a leader? You know, no one elected us. No one appointed us. No one said, you, you're in charge, right? It's just that we are all individual people who stood up when there was a need. And we said, you know, okay, I will take on this responsibility because it's important. And I think, you know, I, I, I as a, a, an organizer, try to recognize that in people as well and to give them that opportunity. So, you know, if that's, if you're feeling like you want to get more involved, that's, what people are looking for, I think. So a lot has changed over the last couple of years, right? We've had the downfall of Tumblr and the rise of Twitter and, and all these other places. How, how does one find a munch nowadays? You know, it used to be the days that you would go on FetLife and you would scroll and you would try to find your city and you'd find one there. How, what are the kids doing these days? How do you find a munch these days? So, so the the original the original way was actually there is a website called littlesmunch.com, which was run by uh, Mako and Spacey, who I'm sure you're aware of. Um, oh, they're they're from a long time ago. Um, Ma uh, Mako and, and Spacey are still very much around. Um, uh, Spacey uh, is the sort of the original host of the Atlanta Littles Munch, okay. and I'm going to give them a lot of credit for sort of laying the foundation of what I, you know, currently consider a munch to be right a lot of things like the rules and like what what happens i i think started with them at least in our age play community mm -hmm. um so they actually believe it or not that website has a directory which is still kept up to date and maintained by them that is where you can find stuff in your city it even has a handy dandy map where you can look what's at where this website say it again uh littlesmunch.com i have not visited it in a while uh, but i believe it is still up littlesmunch.com um, all right littlesmunch.com uh the uh uh, FetLife, uh, of course, was how we had been doing things until fairly recently, actually. Despite the fact that I would say FetLife is not the most popular uh, site these days, um, still uh, very much uh, alive for, you know, event organizing and things like that. Odds are there is a group that is specific to your area to host munches for that kind of thing. Or at least there's like, let's say, uh, if you're in, you know, if you're in Minneapolis, there's probably a Minneapolis ABDLs group which organizes something. Um, like I, like we, I know people way out in Madison, Wisconsin. They they've got a munch out there too. They've got them everywhere. Um, that said, um, recently we have made the lead to Twitter, and I have found that to be a very powerful way to put our word out there and communicate directly with people in an open way. 
that's how you found out that we exist after all. That's so how, yeah. Before. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw everyone sharing about your recent munch and I was like, you know what? This seems, they seem to know what they're doing. I need to ask them, what is their secret of like spreading the word? Cause I was like, I don't even live near yeah. Toronto, but yet I know about this Toronto munch that's happening. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you're, you're speaking to the fact that evidently Twitter works. So if people are considering how to spread the word about their munch, I would highly recommend Twitter. Um, I think obviously you have to be a little conscious. So the, the big thing we could do on FetLife that we can't do on Twitter is on FetLife. We could just say the munch is here on this day, please come do not put that out on Twitter. Do not do it <laughs> under any circumstances. Some rando is going to find you and you're going to have a bad time. That's not good. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, you do have to be, I'd say, conscious about it. One of the things actually uh, Good Cub and Puff Wendell and I are chatting about is how to expand our online content and offerings through Twitter. Um, because ultimately, I mean, I, I hate this is an aspect of our day and age, it really is, but it's an algorithm. And there are ways to game the algorithm, like by having multiple accounts share and retweet you that will get your message spread out there much quicker. Um, so, you know, you have to be conscious of using uh, the tools the way that that uh, will optimize their use. In wrapping up, what would you say to a DL, an age player, a little, what would you say to them that they might be feeling nervous or scared to go to their first outing event, what advice would you give them? Uh, I'll let Good Cup take that one first, and then I'll, I'll conclude. I'll say that, you know, from my experience, sort of the best years of my life as like, you know, an ABDL little or whatever have been when I've been able to finally kind of break that shell and trust my community and just really kind of be able to accept that love and that acceptance. And you don't really get that from just scrolling on the internet, looking at people's profiles. Like you have to really just go out there and really kind of see who else is, makes up this community, you know, what their lives are, what their day-to-days are. And like, I think once you're ready for that, it it is just a really, really beautiful experience. And I think that if you're scared or if you're shy, you just have to really think about just the basic things like in your day-to-day -day life like do you hang out with people do you go to bars do you go to parties okay well now let's add the fact that there's like this thing that you share with people this common interest okay can you now go to a bar or a party with someone who has this common interest most people could do that like people have like you know like dnd &D hangouts or like they'll meet up for like this this niche thing or that niche thing like we all have like a niche thing that brings us together and with that also lived experience that brings us together. And I think that when you kind of normalize it in that way, it just makes it super, super easy. I think we've been taught for so long to sort of demonize, you know, what it means to meet with other kinky people, what it means to be a kinky person yourself, what it means to even just be a part of any type of community, um, you know, and I think ABDL, there's a lot of things that, and a lot of assumptions that are made. And I think sometimes people don't wanna be connected to the, the, those assumptions, so they hide or they, you know, they just stay online or they keep their private profile. But one thing that has been so valuable to me is one, being a part of Toronto Little's Clubhouse, because now it's like, I have this team, they care about me, I care about them, and we're growing together to bring other people on. They were once in the position that, you know, um, 
that that once felt you know shy or once felt they they couldn't be part of it. It's like I now have a team of people that it's like okay, let's create content, let's create events, let's create things that are gonna make these people feel like this thing that you know we were once so shy and so sheltered and so scared about. We could actually you know go to a space and like just feel good and just feel accepted. And I think that ultimately is what any person that's even considering it should really think about is that like once you're in, like you're in and there's honestly so much love, like it really might seem intimidating from the outside, but once you're in, it's like the best thing. So give yourself that time to figure out what it means to be in and to be included and to actually go and experience it. But like, honestly, once you're in, like you're good. These are like the best people in the world, you know, to just be with and experience and share community with. So yeah, honestly, I think it's just about giving yourself time and then dive in, you know, like, it's 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 honestly it's great it's it's really really great yeah uh so if the, the question is what would i say to someone who's who's nervous or, or who's not sure what i would say is come on in the water's fine um we're all here having a good time and we've made this thing so that you can come in and have a good time too right that's what it's for so take the plunge to continue the swimming analogy and like just give yourself over to the current because it it it, it will uh it will be different and a little bit strange but i can't think of any of the munch experiences or kink community experiences i've ever been to where someone was there who you know, wanted to do anything other than let me have a great time. Uh, so come on in, come join us. Water is great. That's what I'll say. And not only is the water great, but you can go as fast or as slow as you want, right? You can stick your toe in if you yep. want. You could, you know, you can go up to your waist if you want. You can swim all you want. And even if you don't know how to swim, there's a whole community to teach you to swim. It's, you know what? That is, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's perfect. You know that, yeah, you know. Now everyone's thinking of water, and now we have leaks all over. Oh no! Well, it always happens. Dang little the couch. Man. The couch. <laughs> the couch at my place is somewhat legendary for the wrong reasons, as far as leaks go. It's the leakiest couch in all of Toronto. It really is. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> Ooh, you need to start a GoFundMe to get that cleaned up. I know, eh? Well, thank you guys for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about munches. Where can, first, where can people find the Toronto Munch online? And then where can they find you individually online? Uh, so uh, the Munch is uh, at T.O. Littles Club uh, on Twitter. Uh, we can also be found for, as the Toronto Age Play Group on FetLife or the Toronto Littles Club. Play date. Those used to be two separate events, uh, but now we have sort of combined them under one banner with the Toronto Littles Clubhouse. Um, I am Me Want Cookie. You can find me at, at Me Want Cookie uh, on Twitter, Fat Life. I used to be on Tumblr back when that was a thing, uh, that, but I generally have the same uh, username everywhere. You could find me at uh, The Good Cub, all one word, um, on Twitter and also on Fat Life. Yeah, and those are those are the two for me. I can't handle too much more social media. <laughs> Just those two. Just those two.
guess I'm going to have to start my own munch if I'm going to get any deals to the Santa Barbara area because the LA deals will only go up to Ventura. All right, kiddos, we're officially three weeks into October, so we better get our cage check by Bro Sitter. Hey, you short stuff. Wow, you are so close. Look at you. A squirmy, pent-up little boy. Gosh, you're just so desperate now, aren't you? You've been locked up for almost a month now. That must be pretty intense. Those urges we talked about last week, they must be getting so, so strong now, huh? It's like you've been holding your pee-pee and there's been no toilet in sight. And now here you are, almost at the potty. You can hold it, can't you? We wouldn't want you to have an accident now, would we? Not when we're this close, oh no. Um, did that make you excited? Can you even remember what that feels like? To have an uninterrupted moment of excitement? Where there's no pressure or tightness or pinching? Because that's what I feel like every day. That's right. Big kids like me get to feel that way all the time with no side effects, no consequences. And you're just stuck there all the way back at square one. Locked up, diapered, squishing and squeezing your padding, but no cigar. <laughs> Literally, there's nothing in there to hold on to. I just hope that when that thing comes out, it's as big as you remember. Not that it'll be easy to remember what it looked like anyway. I know it's been such a long time. But you're almost there. One more week, and then we're done. Hold out, kiddo. You're almost there. One more week. One more week, and then we're on to No Nut November. Uh, one more piece of news. North Shore just released their new Mega Max fashion show. And you're probably thinking, fashion show, diapers, what does that mean? Uh, it's it's uh, it's on YouTube. I'll put the link in the show notes below. But it's basically this guy and girl, and they're walking down the runway, and Mega Max is in different colors, like white, black, pink, tie-dye. Uh, it's a cute video. Uh, I'll definitely put the link in the show notes below. Check it out. And before we go, I just want to say thank you. This is our 10th episode. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the guests. Thank you to those at Playtime that helped put on this podcast. If you have found this podcast to be fun and informative, I would ask, could you leave an Apple podcast review? If you can't leave an Apple podcast review, could you share it on your social medias? And if you can't share it on your social medias, could you tell a friend? All right, kiddos, I ha may have wet my undies while recording this, so I got to go change. Uh, if you want to continue to follow me, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at NewsyBaby. Make sure to check out that link in bio for my Just For Fans link so you can check out all my steamy content. And make sure to use promo code NewsyBaby at checkout at the Playtime store. All right, kiddos, I've wet the floor. I got to go. See ya. Bye.
Hey, do you know how to read? I don't know how to read, but I heard Playtime has a new bi-weekly online kink magazine. It's called Play Zine. Yeah, I heard if I knew how to read, I could read about different fetish lifestyles, events, entertainment, and news. I guess I gotta go to the Playtime website to practice my reading skills.